everybody, and thanks once again for joining us on the Westwood Living Podcast Network. Tom Lydon with you, and I am joined today by Sophia Traviakis. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me, Tom. Yeah, it's great Appreciate to be it. in your office. It's beautiful. I love the artwork on the wall. And you work, uh, you basically run your own business working with Cross Country Mortgage, but you are Team Sophia. Is that the best way to describe it? <laughs> yeah, that's the new team name. Yes. I love it. That's great. Well, <laughs> the, ta- take us through. First of all, I'd like to thank you, number one for your support and investment in the Lessons from Leaders program. I think you might even be the first person I'm talking to who I just have an, an exclusive kind of relationship so far with that program. And part of working with that program is getting a chance to connect with the business owners who've invested in the program and get to learn a little bit more about them. So thank you very much. It's great. Well, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. I think that especially with the high schoolers, I've been saying for years and years and years that this should be a full-time class for high school students to teach them about credit and mortgage and how to really start a good path. I remember being in, I started doing mortgages when I was 18. So it was really, I was teaching my friends how to balance their checkbooks in high school and teaching them about credit because I knew about it, but they knew nothing about it. So I think it's so important to teach these high school students. I 100% agree, and I know that as uh, leader sponsors fill out their information form, which is the spine of the website and the digital directory that kids can search, I've been reading through them. Obviously, everyone sends stuff in, and I read through everybody's uh, responses, and what I loved about yours, number one, more than anything else, is that one of the benefits of doing what you do is that, yes, you work for a bank, but you're running your own business, and yeah. that is something that is very unique and kind of similar to what I do because I work with a larger company, but I do run my own business locally. So how much of an appeal was that for you as you were making your decision? Because you go back to, like you said, 18 years old doing these mortgages. When did you realize, like, this is the right path for me to go down? Yeah, I think I, you know, I was looking, I was starting my career in education. I thought when I was a senior in high school, hey, I want to become a teacher and wanted to really, was on the teaching path. That's what I was aiming towards. And then I started doing mortgages, just kind of fell in my lap. Somebody saw me at a party and said, hey, do you want a job? I'm opening a mortgage company. I said, okay, as long as you let me be flexible with my college schedule, because I'm going to college you know, in six months. So I had the opportunity to learn and have a flexible schedule. And then I would say about a year in, a year and a half in, I was doing loan for a teacher. And uh, she was a teacher for five years, was older than me, of course. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm making the same amount of money as this teacher. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I I love this job. I'm, I was really started loving it and loving just helping people and buying houses and really started enjoying the real estate side uh, as well. So I said, you know what? I'm going to change my career to business. So I switched out of the pre-education in college and and moved to business school and bought my first house when I was 20. Wow. So That's just a great reminder that whatever decision you make when you enter the college years isn't your final decision. And nope. there is the ability to pivot. And to that end, you've had to pivot in this profession so many times, even in the last 20 years, because of what has happened around us, uh, 2008, 2009, what we're seeing currently with these mortgage rates going sky high, what is the key to surviving and thriving in an ever-changing environment that you work in? Yeah, I mean, in this in this business, I, I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, so I didn't grow up in Boston. So when I moved to Boston in 2004, I had to start up my business over again. So from start. So how to start again. So it's been 20 years here now. 
and they're coming on to the 20th anniversary in, in the summer. And so I had to start over. And I think the thing that it's it doesn't come easy. And a lot of when you're young, you think you can you make money fast and easy. And my 13 year old just asked me the other day, Mom, you know, if I make, you know, $300,000 a year and, you know, I'll be a millionaire pretty fast. I said, wait, but you have to see what else comes with that. And you have taxes to pay and you have. So when you're young, you don't realize everything else that comes with it. But I think that you have to be ever evolving in any career, in any job. But you have to work hard. What's been the most challenging era? Because I look back, obviously, to the end of the 2000s decade, and that was insane with the housing bubble bursting. Uh, even now, I might rank as number two uh, because people are kind of afraid to move. You know, what am I going to do? Even if I sell my house at a high rate or at, at a profit, where am I going to go? And does it benefit me because the rates right now are so high? So what's the advice you're giving people right now, and how have you persevered through these really tumultuous eras? Yeah, I would say in this business and anybody that is a business owner, you know, when you're 100% commissioned, you're running your own business, you know, and learning how to manage and budget and keep money on the side when when it is the good years so that you can have it to ride out the bad years. And that's really, it's not easy to do and it's easier said than done, but you have to do that. Keep your debt down, um, you know, try to not carry a lot of debt so when it is those low years you're not you know stretching yourself uh, very thin who were among your mentors people who you leaned on for advice that their counsel was very important to you i it i it, my dad my dad was you know an immigrant from uh, greece he really was he never liked to owe any money so he taught me you know you have to pay your bills on time. You have to have less low debt. So I really followed his footsteps. And even starting my career, I saw that and seeing, okay, when you look at people's profiles, what debt they carry, what their payments were like. I said, okay, you have to make a mental note. That's not what you want to do. You want to make sure you are debt free. You want to make sure you can handle and not overspend. And that I think is a problem in America. We have to, we spend a lot of money. Um, other parts of the world, they don't spend money like we do. So really trying to be mindful of that and as a, and being young, if I can give any advice to these young, the young leaders at the, at the high school and even anybody actually is really just being able to budget. And it's so important to do that and have a good team around you. I didn't get the answer to the other part of my question. Oh, I, I sort of slid and that was, what advice are you giving people right now? Because this is tangible, tough times, a difficult decision-making. Because you know, you look at the value of your house, you're like, wow, we can really sell our house for a lot of money. But the concern is, where do you go? And then if you're gonna go and get a new mortgage, you're gonna get that mortgage at such a higher rate than what you might be locked into now. So what are you telling people? Right, and I'll answer your era. I think this is the second worst era. Okay. 2008 was pretty bad. You know, it was, it was definitely a bad, bad time. But this is the second worst I've ever seen you know, since 1997. So um, definitely it's it's the worst era. It's tough, I think, for people that, like you said, you have the equity, but where do you go? So unless you, I believe, unless you really have to move, unless you're renting and paying a lot of rent right now and really need to move at some point, I would say do it. You, it is still not a bad time to buy because we know that home prices are not going down. There is not enough inventory. There's not enough homes for sale where house prices will plummet. So people are saying to me, is this the peak of the market? And I say, 
It could be, but it's not going to significantly drop either. You know, home price sales have still gone up another 3% from last year. So I don't think house prices are coming down. We know that rates will come down eventually, and they will, but we just don't know the time yet. To that end, has your job changed in the last two decades? Because there is, I would guess, probably a lot of refinancing. Has the concept of refinancing really come to the forefront? And have more people done that and take advantage of that now versus years past where people are like, boom, I got a 30-year, I'm happy with my rate, and we'll stick it out? I mean, I think people have always refinanced, really. I mean, because even in even in the 2000s, when there was in the year 2000, there was a big refi boom as well, actually, when rates had really dropped from, you know, the sevens to the eight, you know, for eights and sevens to low sixes. So they dropped in the 2000s into the sixes. And then there was another refi boom when they went to the fives. And then you have COVID where they've plummeted the lowest. I do not think they're going to that level again. You know, we don't want them to. You know, as an economy, we don't want them to, you know, or else we'll all be kind of in trouble again. So talk to me about that. Why not? Because when we had the low rates in COVID and we were giving a lot of money away, that's what caused this mess that we're in now. That caused the inflation. It caused all of this um, massive increase. So two mistakes. We went a little bit too low during COVID, but now I think we're going a little bit too high. So there has to be a little bit of a middle ground there. You know, so really, if I was a buyer right now and I could live at home maybe and save some money, I'd probably wait a year, you know. But if you're in a situation where you need to, it's a it's still a good time to buy because you're probably not going to, you know, find something in an area where there's not going to be multiple bids either. That's the other thing. Because there's not a lot of inventory, you know, what will happen is when rates do come down and we have no inventory, guess what's going to happen again? 100 over asking. 200 over asking again, and it's going to be a bloodbath on on one property. So you, I hear all the different things you're saying, and what jumps out to me is like, wow, what kind of classes did she take when she was growing up? It sounds like there was a lot of math there. You got to like that. You got to be into crunching the numbers, but some logic, some basic understanding of business. So walk us through the types of classes that you take if you want to do what you do. Yeah, definitely math. Uh, I also took a lot of public speaking as well. Believe it or not, I took public speaking classes, communication classes. You know, you're talking to people about finances and you're also talking about their lives and buying. It's very emotional as well. So just being able to communicate with them, you know, and be able to be receptive to you know their questions and their concerns. It's really an emotional purchase. You know, it's the biggest purchase that most people ever make. This really does hit a sweet spot for you, this program, because you talked about your love of education and how you thought you might want to be a teacher. So you will have this opportunity to interact with kids. How often do you interact with high school kids and what going in do you anticipate the experience will be like? What are you hoping for? I hope that I can just really change you know, some of these kids' perspective on credit and help them so that they can better manage their future, um, especially credit. I think it's very I want to talk to a lot of I would love to talk to a lot of these students about credit and how important it is and you know that it's different than what you just see on your you know uh, make sure you're making those payments on time like credit karma is not always right you know um they're coming up with a new credit score system but it's it's so interesting I would love to teach classes on it I have a high schooler uh, I have a junior, so I, I try to talk to him about it and his friends when they come over, but they're like, ah, oh, they're bored. They don't want to talk to me. So they, they should be listening. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. I vividly recall that I got my first credit card, and it was at the urging of my parents in 1990 
when I went to college. So the concept was a bit foreign above my head at that point of like establishing credit. So when you talk to young people about establishing credit, number one, what does it mean? And number two, what benefit might it have for them? So yes, I tell them that it's important to establish credit so that and as being young, 18 and over, you have to be 18 to really, it, for it to start building your credit score. But it's so important to build that early because when you're, if you're late early on payments, it's very hard to recover. It takes longer to recover. So I, when I explain it to students or anybody that just, just trying to put it into, I say, it's like your GPA. If you get an F in a class, your GPA tanks. If you get an A, your GPA stays higher. So it's the same with credit. If you don't make your payments on time, your score is going to significantly drop. So that's the best way. I, that's my best analogy as a GPA. So you really can understand. You just can't get that F. Sure. Well, let's be honest. Most people who are probably listening to this are the adults right now, the parents. Yeah. So when you talk about establishing credit for a kid, how does that happen? Is it just like, hey, I'm going to put my daughter on my credit card and she can have a card that's through my account? Or are you literally encouraging people to open up individual accounts for an 18-year-old? I would, I would do both, actually. I would, what I recommend is having um, them open up their own checking accounts. They understand checks and balances. At, uh, open up a credit card with that account as well that they can kind of have. So the bank will let them open up a credit card from that checking account and then also become an authorized user on their parent's account so that the parent can help them monitor and really just, you know, educate them. Hey, did you make that payment on time? You know, how they're spending the card, are they spending it wisely? And it's a good way to monitor, but having their own card as well, you know, helps them, you know, take that responsibility and then explaining to them as you build your credit, it helps you in the future to be able to purchase things, to buy a car, to buy, get more credit cards, to buy a house later, so. Let's be honest though. A kid's gonna get a credit card and in the first 60 days be like, woohoo, coffee on me, or let's go get ice cream. What's the best advice to make sure that doesn't happen? Right, so the way that I would do that, and it's not, it's not as we don't have like checkbooks now where we actually sit there and balance like we used to, now everything's online, but they can do it from their phone. What I, tell my own son is if you're spending something it needs to come out of your checking account you make sure you pretend that that check that whatever you spend on that card is coming out of your checking account so if you don't have enough in that account you can't charge it so i think it resonated he won't charge more than what's in his account we all need responsible parents to tell us how to do yeah. this kind of stuff <laughs> so how does somebody find you uh, well let me before i go there yeah future of your business individually how many people do you have that work with you now? And where do you see yourself five years from now? Um, I have right now, I have two loan officers that are under me and I have a processor and an underwriter that work on my team. I have an all women team, which is, it's awesome. I love it. Uh, for the next five years, I honestly would like to maybe grow with one more person, but not grow too much, believe it or not. Just kind of get more roots, get you know, um, do more local events, try to help more people locally, try to get more, um, you know, builders. And I'd like to expand a little bit more into the, you know, new construction and building um, end of it. But I expect me to be here for 20 more years. So that's awesome. And uh, how do people get in touch with you? One of the categories we also asked you to fill out was what opportunities might you have for a kid? So if somebody is interested in reaching out, what's the best way for them to do that? 
they can reach out. Uh, my website is uh, Sophia Mortgage on any handle, Facebook, Sophia Mortgage. Um, and that's S O F I A, everybody, just so you know. Yes, S O F I A. Uh, Sophia Mortgage, you can find me on any handle, website. I'm in West Roxbury. My office is, is local here. And um, yeah, any they, I'm, I would love to have some interns if they'd like in the summer. So any opportunity that somebody would like, I'd, I'd love to help them. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much again for the support. I can't wait to see how this all unfolds. You know, you build the infrastructure, you build the bones, you get everything you need to actually put this event on. And now you're just trying to get the kids there. And you're hoping that, you know, you can almost, it's that old phrase, you can bring the horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I feel like we've established something that long term is going to be very good. Honestly, I'm a little nervous about how many people are going to show up early. It's that the natural anxiety I think all of us have when there's a big event we've been planning for. But I think it will be great, and having people like you there will be fantastic. So thanks a lot. Thank you. Appreciate it. Go to lfleaders.com, and you can learn all about the program, and you can see the whole roster of our leader sponsors. We have more than 50 there, and this is year one. So you can imagine that this is going to continue to grow, and it's going to become a great resource for kids and, frankly, for parents to go through and find out how their kids can continue their education outside of the classroom and really interact with professionals from the community. So that's Sophia Traviakis from Cross Country Mortgage. Feel free to track her down through all those methods that she mentioned. And as always, if you have somebody else who you think would be a great conversation for me to have, just reach out to T. Leiden at bestversionmedia.com. I'll track that person down. We'll have a conversation and we'll share it here on the Westwood Living Podcast Network. But for now, that's the very latest. Thanks for listening and have a great day. 